have until the count of five. I happen to love the number five. It's a beautiful number, a glorious number. You got to the count of five. Welcome to the Got Till Five Wrestling Podcast, the podcast where I get to swear joke about and have a good old time with my buddy jesse hello you, jesse hello max do you miss swearing i do miss swearing a little bit um but i'm uh, i'm quite restrained at work don't don't need to i think i only need to swear when i'm talking to you yeah you it's, it's a necessity um, i've got um what have i got i've got two two new women at my work and um this is a new thing um working with women and um, it's 2019 how is this I a know. new thing yeah, it's only just reached me, but um, they—they're lovely. But obviously, you don't know. It's not only just women, is it? It's anyone. You don't really know people well enough at first. You don't know what they're like with like swears and that. But they—if you're in the habit at work, it does slip out your mouth sometimes. It does. You're a dirty sailor type. You are. I am fucking disgusting. <laughs> How are you, though? How are you? I'm all right. I'm a bit um bit disappointed by this shambolic setup that's going on. Oh my goodness, so the the recorder that we normally use to record these episodes has died on us, and it died on me today, and it's just been, oh, a tizzle. A so tizz- what we've wuzzle. done, a tizzwazzle, so what I did is I got a can, right, and I put a bit of rope in it, and I've thrown it to Brighton, and that's what Max is talking into now, and that's how we're recording this podcast. So if oh. you drive down the motorway and you see a big rope above you, it's just us. Just don't cut it. Just leave it just alone. Leave it alone. Cut it, you stupid idiots. It was your birthday on, on, it was. on the weekend. Happy birthday from all Thank of us you. here at Got Till Five. That'll be you. That will um, be me. Thanks, I appreciate that. I had a nice birthday. Um, I got some pyjamas. I got lots of beers. Um, I was working on a gig. I'm in the middle of a tour at the moment. I was working on a gig on my birthday. Everyone on the tour was very lovely to me. They surprised me with a cake at the pub. Um... They played happy, but it was good at the pub because uh, we were all just chatting. And then, like as a surprise, the landlord uh, just starts shouting. It's like Sunday afternoon. People, like families, just in there trying to be quiet. And Sunday afternoon, the landlord's like, "Right, everyone, it's we got birthday in here today, and you all know the rules. You either sing along or you get out." <laughs> like that. <laughs> it was like, "Oh, what's happening?" But everyone sang and it was lovely and um, the landlord ended up being a real nice fella and we put him on the door and he came to the gig so it was nice beautiful that's the yeah. kind of lovely stories i expect from you on a daily basis it was lovely and um yeah i've been staying in hotels for the last um week or so just over a week i think um which is has been good it's nice um although i've been sharing a room with a very snorry gentleman oh really yeah it's not good news not good news and this is your last year of your 20s. Congratulations. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, um, I'm going to um, destroy myself, I think, um, Just... out of nothing but insecurity. Yeah. And uh, th- this is what you guys can look forward to over the next year. Just Jesse's downfall. I'm the rise degenerate. and fall of Jesse Benz. It's exactly what it's going to be. How do you feel? Like This is the couple of months where I'm older than you. And yes. I bet that makes you well smug, doesn't it? A little bit. <laughs> everyone's turning 30 and i'm like oh still 28 bitches still 28 yeah, oh, yeah. um but we're here to talk about wrestling hello everyone thank you for joining us um thank you for like all the lovely things you said about last week's episode and um, thank you to the guys at breed pro wrestling who've been like just going ham at like okay. promoting that episode so uh yeah glad you all enjoyed it thanks for tuning in to another one this episode is one of our short episodes one of our so, short ones I'm speaking a bit quieter than normal because I can on this World War Two setup that you've given me, I can see um, the microphone levels and it keeps going red when I talk. But is it actually cutting or am I all right to talk at my normal volume? I, I think it's best if you don't talk at your normal volume. The problem with your voice, though, Jesse, is because I edit it on a on a biweekly basis. I notice you punctuate random words. It's only the words <laughs> at the end, so you'll be talking really quietly. And then... <laughs> Do I? Is that a thing? It is a thing. That's uh, funny. I bet that really irritates people. You know how, like, you're really unaware of yourself sometimes? Or maybe it's just me. Um, But, um, yeah, I bet bet everyone says that about me. And they're like, fucking Jesse, man, the way he talks, like an idiot. (laughs) What a moron. (laughs) (laughs) So, 
Anyway, as I was saying, this is a short Sorry. form episode, which means that uh, we trialed it a couple of weeks ago, where we're literally doing a top five between us versus having a top five together. And uh, Jesse won the quiz on the first show, so he got the number one slot. So it's only fair that this week I get the number one slot, and then we'll have a quiz when we do another short episode. Just Even though it's like my that. birthday, you still Who get the number one spot. Gives a shit. It was your birthday <laughs> Sorry weeks that. ago. It was, oi, it was Sunday. It was oi. a few days ago. It's still my birthday week, you kind got, of. That's not a thing. I've got a birthday month, mate. Jesus, you've got birthday year, you're seven. Yeah. Um... So this week's topic is uh, due to the success of the recent movie Fighting With My Family. This is Oh, not... that's why we're doing it. Not really, but it's a nice link, don't you think? Yeah, well, it was like last time. It's like, um, we're doing Big Men. Bundy's died. Oh, thank God. <laughs> We've got some material because we're running low. So due to the success of Fighting With My Family, a very British family of wrestlers, we are looking at the top five wrestling families. We are. Just quickly, I haven't seen it. You said Fire My Family is good. It's very good. That's good. It's because the adverts make it look wank. Yeah, I, I had no interest in seeing that movie whatsoever, but uh, it's a very, very British sports, feel good about yourself kind of movie. I really like okay. it. Okay. You equate, did you equate, I can't remember, if we, talk, we probably talked about this on the last podcast, did we? I can't remember what's no, on air no. and off air. Oh, okay. Um, you, was it you <laughs> that equated it to um, Full Monty in that sort of feel good no, but sure. I can see where someone would get that from. Yeah, someone said that, and I thought that's a nice, um, that's a nice thing. Yeah, very nice thing. You, you should go check it out. I know you're not much of a cinema tripper. Um, no, I'm not. I never go to the cinema. Outrageous, outrageous behaviour. Uh, but now we should get on with the show. It's weird because we can't put the drops in, so we're going to have to do this in post. Normally, oh, it it's like the old we're... days. Oh, it's horrible. I know. I'm hating this. Look, do you remember lucky... our spitting sawdust era? <laughs> I do. We're going retro again. Episode 51, we're going back classic. Wait, wait, oh, we haven't mentioned our sponsors in a while. Monkey Banana, Powerslam.tv, use promo code GOT till 5. Jesse, um, where can people find stuff if they want to follow shit? Uh, got till 5.com. Loving it. Let's start this top five. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Are you ready? Oh, hell yeah. You fans can stick it, brother! Who's your daddy, Montreal? Tell me he didn't just say that. Me! And, yeah, then we could... It's not the same enthusiasm, really. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's not, yeah. not pumped up enough. I know. Normally you get to hear the music and you're like, yeah, me Gene, you motherfucker. But um, yeah, none of that. So let's just, let's just plow on. Let's just plow on with this <laughs> Greek tragedy that it's is Greek our podcast. Tragedy. So you get number five at all, eh? If you're getting number I one. I do, mate. I get five, three, and one. You, you're doing the light lifting in this episode. Greedy. You could tell stories in between if you want to jazz it up a little bit, but we do only have 45 minutes. Hey, you know a story this. I thought of? Actually, well, it was in a, a group chat. Someone mentioned it, and um, the tour group chat, actually. Um, uh, they mentioned this story, and I haven't thought about it in about 20 years. Do you remember The Princess and the Pea? I do remember The Princess and the Pea. No one talks about The Princess and the Pea anymore. And why does it prove that you're in love with someone? Because they can feel a pea under a mattress. I didn't fully understand the message of that. So it's a Sorry. prince looking for his princess, so he puts a pea under the mattress because he knows only a princess would be able to feel, like, because she's lived such a perfect life, She only a princess would be able to feel that tiny little imperfection under the mattress. And sure enough, the princess did, and that's how he knew it was um, the girl for him. But she sounds like a right diva, bitch. Yeah, she sounds like a fucking nightmare. That'd be a nightmare living with her, wouldn't it? The smallest little crinkle, <laughs> she'd freak the fuck out. <laughs> That guy is very, I don't know, low or high expectations of himself. He's a dick. He's a dick. Um, yeah, thank God we're not married to any princesses. Uh, yeah, uh, cool. Number five, go. <laughs> Number five. <laughs> That's what we're doing. I, I prefer you um, telling me more explanations of children's stories, personally. Explanations of children. Humpty Dumpty, not even an egg, turns out. He was um, a bit of a castle or something. He's so traditional. Humpty Dumpty was um, a type of like turret on a castle or something. So turret fell down on the castle. 
tried to put it back together, but they couldn't. Humpty Dumpty wasn't the person or an egg or anything. Where, you, where's the egg bit come from? You are blowing my mind today with these facts. Yeah. You, while I'm reading out number five, do some more research. We're going to get rid of your number four and number two. Okay. <laughs> and just and just like fairy tale myth busting. Yeah, exactly. This is this is the future of our podcast. Wrestling's running dry. Let's get on <laughs> the fairy tale myth busting. Um, so we're looking at top five dynasties, families, whatever you want to call them. And when we're talking about families, it's kind of a case of the big iconic families that we want to talk about and uh there's no crossover in this episode if i mention one of jesse's he's got to swap it out likewise for myself odds are slightly more in my favor uh at number five i'm starting off on a dark note with the von oh, eric God. family oh nice um yeah that's it's sort of dark but um that uh turns out fritz von eric the dad seemed like a bit of a shit all the dads in a lot of wrestling families are shits well, yeah, he decides to leave his family for like 300 days of the year. Not exactly far for the year material. I suppose not. Exactly. But I'm going to I'm gonna run you all through why uh, the Von Erichs are seen as the most tragic case of uh, wrestling history. Because it always gets mentioned when you watch TV and say, oh, such a sad story. But no one ever really explains why. And I'm, I'm going to myth bust this shit open for you. Do that. You do that. I'll handle the fairy tales. Thanks, mate. Uh, so... The whole family was ridiculously athletic. They're they a gorgeous couple of boys, five boys in, in total. And uh, they all entered, all five boys entered a professional wrestling career. And only one of them ended up making it out alive, which yes. is crazy. And he was he, in Cheltenham Town Hall a couple of months ago. That's weird. I didn't think he'd still wrestle. Yeah, he doesn't wrestle. I think he manages younger boys. I see. Uh, so the patriarch of the Von Erich clan, Jesse was right to say, was Fritz Von Erich, and you should never trust a man named Fritz. He worked Not as a, a heel name. back in the 1960s. He played an evil German who utilised this iron claw as his finishing move. He was never really a top drawer in the business, but Fritz had this uh, dream that his five sons were going to be the next biggest superstars of wrestling, and he was going to do everything possible to make sure that happened, including murder. I... I Murder's a strong word, but I do kind of blame him. Oh, God. Um, it's, I, well, so, did you know suicide, um, in the eyes of the Bible, is murder? Murdering yourself? Yeah. So you know, it's, it's still ca- it carries the same punishment with God as murder, um, because it essentially is. You're still killing a person, even if it's yourself. Yeah, fair point. It's, it's not a fair point. <laughs> that's, that's not the correct answer. <laughs> Uh, take it up with the big man, Jesse. I'm just, I'm just here to play devil's advocate. Like, right. why, why wouldn't you consider that murder, technically, on a technicality? Because, as far as the um, the person committed suicide is considered, it's kind of a mercy killing, though. Still a killing. I, I, I said it's a loaded. This is supposed to be a short form episode, Max, and you've loaded me with theology. <laughs> bloody theology on Humpty Dumpty and suicide being murder that's yeah, what they we'll, came to tune in for <laughs> we'll have a discussion about um, suicide and the bible um, on one of our longer shows excellent tune in next time <laughs> top five um, disagreements with Shawn Michaels <laughs> Ooh, that'd be a good one <laughs> so Kevin Von Erich uh, used to wrestle barefoot for, uh, that. fun side fact and he had a very unique effort uh, oh, fucking hell offence fucking hell Jesse, Jesus, it's because what? It's not my fault. It's because you've set up this rickety old thing <sighs> that God, I feel like I'm in a Spitfire <laughs> talking to you with this setup. <laughs> um, so Kevin Von Erich is the only surviving member of uh, of the brothers. He fought alongside his brothers, uh, had legendary feuds with people like Ric Flair and the Fabulous Freebirds. Uh, their feuds with the Freebirds sold out the Sportatorium more times than it can be counted. And the Von Erich boys became a bit of a bit of a jealousy for for the men because the women, oh the women, just oh the women would snail trail after the Von Erichs. <laughs> the Yellow Rose of Texas, David Von Erich, was the son that was tapped for superstar status by Fritz. Fritz saw him as the golden boy. Uh, David had a feud with Ric Flair over the NWA heavyweight title, twelve pounds of gold, and rumors were swirling that uh, David was finally going to get the title at the next show in Texas. Unfortunately, before the title change could actually take place, David died in Tokyo at the age of 25. The official report is that he died of acute enteritis, um, but which is people... what you get, which is what women get when they leave tampons in. Is it? Yes, it's the same thing. 
Um, I'm not suggesting he had a tampon up himself anywhere. Um, But it's, uh, yeah, I'm not sure why he got it, but that's the same thing that ladies get from, like, the summit or other shock when um, you don't change your tampon regularly. Uh, well, well, most people in the in the business, the boys say it was probably a drug overdose that was covered up. Yeah, um, just wrapped else? a tampon up in to cover it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kerry was. Um, so yeah, there was Kerry Von Erich as well. So after the death of David, uh, Kerry defeated Ric Flair for the NWA title because they're like, "Fuck it, let's just give it to any of the Von Erichs." Kerry's um, my favorite, by the way. Is he? Yeah, of the Von Erichs, I love Kerry Von Erich. Good choice. Uh, this was at the tribute show, which I guess makes sense. And he held the title for three weeks before dropping it back to Flair. In 86, a motorcycle accident um, caused him to have his foot amputated. But did that stop him? No. Well, it didn't. I mean, it didn't make him happy. It didn't cheer him up, but it didn't stop him either. You're right. Exactly. He developed pain uh, addiction. Continued wrestling. Pain pill addiction. Pain pill. <laughs> no, I love the pain. <laughs> um, he then was facing jail time for the drug conviction, but ended up killing himself at the age of 33. On to the next brother. Mike yeah. Von Eric was unique in that he had uh, no, he didn't want to become a wrestler at all. Was like, nope, don't want to do it. But- he was described as he was described as a very sensitive lad. <laughs> is one thing I read about Von Eric. Uh, but Fritz was like, nope, you're getting in there. And he pushed, like, minute David died, he was like, right, come on, Kerry. Oh, sorry, come on, Mike, you're like my last chance of getting in. Uh, Mike suffered a shoulder injury in the ring, developed uh, toxic shock syndrome following the surgery. and uh, That's what I meant. I got my Von Erics confused. That's what period uh, tampon ladies get, uh, toxic, toxic shock, shock syndrome. There we go. Yeah, I made a mistake. All. Sorry, I got my death causes of death mixed up. It's fine. I like the redaction. And um, he should have recovered, but Fritz came in again and he was like, you need to get back in that ring and, and work, even though he was nowhere near recovered. Uh, and he never regained uh, strength in his arm and committed suicide in April at the age of 23. By shooting himself with a shotgun, I believe, which is you very impressive. Very impressive when you have no strength in your arm. Right. If we can just commend the man admirable and the final von eric chris von eric had the unfortunate luck of being the shortest smallest and least athletic of the von eric family <laughs> chris the was runs. only five foot five had asthma and had bones that would break before the small smallest bumps he didn't belong in the ring but guess what happened <laughs> he was so upset at the death of his brother mike and uh, unable to make it as a wrestler chris committed suicide in 1991 at the age of 21 <sighs> you're Welcome. missing out another von eric um I am. The- died at about eight months old oh well fucking hell sorry i know you didn't yeah, have but... an ring career jesse i don't give a shit no i know but like how... that's crazy isn't it that um, there's yet another child from that family that died tragically it's fucking horrendous and i know i just listed off a whole cause of death of about five people very quickly with not a lot of sympathy in my voice but i know they, they were very talented and and if the tragedies hadn't have befooled them Good, oh, they would be just an infamy of wrestling because they all had something unique. Not the one that would like break his bones if he stepped in the ring, but you know, Kerry and that lot, they had it going on. They did. Kerry was awesome, particularly Kerry. And he, he was, uh, he had a bit of a run in the WWF as the Texas Tornado, mm. if um, anyone remembers him. Uh, I have a Hasbro figure of Texas Tornado, um, both feet intact. And. Um, <laughs> and you can um, spin his waist, and he does a little. Uh, he does a little tornado with his torso, which is nice. Um, Kevin Von Erich is the living one, isn't he? Um, yeah. Who? Yeah. And um, he looks Cornish. He does look Cornish. <laughs> I love that you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 They've sort a lot of like... had that kind of vibe to them, though. But I think Kevin's got it the strongest. Yeah, definitely. Like it's the haircut and the sort of the sort of face like a foot. That he's got going on, like it's. <laughs> Thank God we don't have any listeners in Cornwall. <laughs> I was in, I was in Cornwall the other day, and every other man was Kevin Von Eric. <laughs> your eight foot face. <laughs> what's, what's your number four? Well, first, Max, I want to tell you about um, a little fairy tale called Pinocchio, mm. which um, I just found out in the original book of Pinocchio. Not only does Pinocchio murder Jiminy Cricket with a hammer. Fucking hell. <laughs> I know. Um, but after he murders Jiminy Cricket with a hammer, he gets so sad about it that he falls asleep in front of the fire and burns his feet off. What the fuck? 
<laughs> so that's a nice tribute to Kerry Von Eric, maybe. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I just learned about Pinocchio. But anyway, um, my number four, uh, Pinocchio, the Disney film, is um, terrifying enough without all that, isn't it? When they turn into donkeys and that, that is really scary shit. Yeah, and it just it just pops and that that's something you know they're doing all this live action remake of shit and actually Dumbo looks pretty good in all honesty. Dumbo, uh, I've got friends that are in Dumbo. You know um, the circus I worked in. I um, the jugglers from that circus are jugglers in Dumbo Circus in that film. BB and B shoe. BB and B shoe. Yeah, how cool is that? That's very cool. I will keep an eye out. Mm. As you were. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. If they made like a live action Pinocchio, I want the version where he uh, murders Jiminy Cricket with a hammer. Like, and uh, just a, a side fact about Jesse's family life: Jesse's stepdad did that to a pair of chickens. He did hit them in the head with a hammer um, when they. Yeah, he put a sock over their head first. He's not a monster, and, uh, <laughs> and um, killed them that way. They were very old, and um, he maintained that it was a mercy killing. Although I dispute that. In the um, eyes of God, Jesse, there's no such thing as a mercy killing. Uh, no, that's true. Yeah, we've already established that. We're covering a lot of ground tonight. I like it. Uh, okay. Um, the money's worth in this 45 minutes. We are. Um, 45, you're optimistic. Um, my um, number four is... Um, I don't know whether, what, whether to call, what, what to call them. Um, but I suppose you would call them the Rhodes family. Maybe the Runnels family. Um, yeah. But oh, we're talking show. Dusty Gold, Dustin Cody, specifically. Um I think all three of them have had incredible careers in their own way. Dusty Rhodes, obviously a legend. Um, how old were you, by the way, when you realised Dusty Rhodes, the name was a pun? Dusty, uh, 28. <laughs> I was today years old. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was literally like last year or so. I realised, oh, Dusty Rhodes, like, take me on, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that blew my, my little mind. Um, Gold Dust has um, had incredible, whilst not had the most commercially successful career, he's certainly still a well-known wrestler to non-wrestling fans. You know, because he's got such an unusual look. He's really good at his character. Um, he's one of the few wrestlers that is nothing like his character in real life, which I would argue gives proves he's got more talent because it probably shows he's hell of an actor. Yeah. Um, great wrestler, just been consistent all these years um, and done a stunning job. Um, one of the best power slams in the business. I love his power slam. Oh, yeah. And um, and then we've obviously got Cody, who is currently um, uh, on the precipice of starting um, a fantastic wrestling company. AEW looks like it's going to be good. And obviously it's too early to say that factually now, but um, he's behind all that. And he was a WWE kid. He was born into the Rhodes family. He was trained by WWE. He could have stayed there as a mid-carder his whole life and been very well off and comfortable, which he is. But um, he didn't. He went out and he's worked hard. And I that is a lot of respect from me doing that because he really didn't have to. And Dusty would be proud if he knew what Cody was doing. Goldust obviously is proud and is doing an amazing job in his own right. Good genes in that fact. I mean, not good genes. Look at Dusty, Jesus. But I mean, like as far as their workmanship, um, good genes all round. I think. Yeah, completely. Uh, and you're right. Cody is such a a non. A non uh, fuck it, I can't talk today. He's such a weird person. In, in the sense. <laughs> you just gave up on the word. <laughs> I gave up on the word. Found a different one. It was easier to say. Uh, <laughs> a weird person. It's been a long day. Um, but yeah. Cody could have just rested on his laurels, and but and even if he went to the Indies, there was no guarantee of success for him because let's be honest, very average worker. But yes. his personality just shines through, and that's what made him has made him such a success. My favorite storyline in WWE was always when Cody and um, Goldust eventually won the titles together, and Dusty was there to celebrate with them. That was a lovely moment. Yeah, that was nice. And then um, I quite enjoy. I know Cody hates Stardust and all that, but I actually really always really enjoyed the stardust character obviously i i can see his point of view because you're never going to put a world title on a character like stardust but um it was from a viewer's point of view it was so really fun do you remember when he was randomly with king barrett for a bit yes yes that was good and he gave him a special cape and that uh, and when he used to he broke his nose and he put the bags on people's heads that that was always oh uh, yeah enjoyable. yeah the dashing cody Rhodes era and... i i found out that the the gentleman who used to put the bags on on the heads of the public you know he hired a suit guy yeah, that yeah. was either dash and or dawson that, that oh really uh, yes that's very interesting but we'll never know which one 
No, I still don't. Can't tell them apart. We've seen them live. I don't even know how many times. And they're one we of my saw them live. Tag teams. Yeah, we saw them live in Sheffield um, at the um, the first ever UK NXT tour they ever did. It was the second show of that tour. Um, it was the revival against um, uh, Gable and no, it um, was, Jordan. Um, no, Cass and Enzo. And then oh, okay. when we were in Plymouth, that's when they were against American Alpha. Ah, okay. But when we were in Sheffield, um, some dick ran in the ring. Do you remember? Mm. And security threw him out. Yeah. Dickhead. What, what a dickhead. What, what a twat. A what a twat. Yeah, Runnels. Good choice. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, bloody brilliant. My number three is a name synonymous with the Lucha Libre. That is the Guerrero family. Guerrero. Hey, papi. Uh <laughs> So, Gory Guerrero was the... most un-Mexican voice I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> eh, papi. Eh, papi. <laughs> so, Gor- Sounded like Siri. <laughs> Gory Guerrero was the patriarch of the family. He was a Mexican legend, competing all over Mexico and all the NWA territories, and uh, captured a light heavyweight title. Obviously, the Gory special, or whatever you want to call it, was named after him, and it's a damn good move. Don't you think? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, it's very difficult to do if you're little, which unfortunately a lot of Mexicans are. So um, it's a shame that it was invented by um, a relatively little family, but it is a great move. This is true. And um, eventually De Guerrero's name became famous in the United States. Chavo Guerrero Sr. had a very famous feud with Roddy Piper in the 1970s. And probably one of Piper's greatest moments is he rode in on a donkey while wearing a sombrero and holding a carrot on a stick. The skit was so offensive to the Mexican audience that the TV networks demanded that Piper apologise. The next week, Piper went out to the ring with his bagpipes and asked the audience to rise for their Mexican national anthem. The audience was livid when Piper began to play La Cucha Racha and a riot broke out. I can see why they were angry. But Chavo's son, Chavo Jr., who most of you will know, very famous, went to WCW, Cruiserweight Division, joined the Misfits in action, went to WE, and then he got some success when he joined his Uncle Eddie. And Uncle Eddie is what makes the Guerrero name famous. Well, opinion. yeah, certainly now. Um, or then, forever. Now, then, forever. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Guerrero, like Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero was my first taste of the Guerrero family when I was a kid, and I'm sure it was everyone else's who's listening to this. And uh, I was, I didn't even know that he was from a wrestling family per se. Do you know what I mean? It was just Eddie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And um, they they won tag titles and had great success. Mando and Hector Guerrero also joined them, and uh, Hector actually got biv in for me when he portrayed the Gobbledygooker at Survivor Series. Did oh you yeah. Know that? I, I did. I him. did know that. Um, how did I? I only know that because I listened to um, Bruce Pritchard's podcast when they were talking about that Survivor Series. That's the only reason I know. Yeah, it's just <laughs> I like that. That's as you know, Eddie beat Brock Lesnar and is a Hall of Famer and just a legend. And my brother was a chicken, and no, it was a turkey. <laughs> it wasn't even a good chicken. It was a yeah. It was a turkey. Yes, yeah, Thanksgiving, mate. Come on, get it together. Oh, sort it out. I love the disappointment of the gobbledygooker. Just the booze that rained down. What did people expect? They were teasing an egg for like four weeks. Were they expecting, I don't know, the next Stone Cold to come out of that egg or something? It's such a weird... Just the whole thing is very strange. Because I wasn't watching wrestling at that point. I was too young to watch wrestling at that point. So I've only sort of heard about it. And it just seems like a very strange situation. Very much so. Uh, But... Eddie obviously is the most famous. Look back at WCW, the match he had with like Rey Mysterio and all the cruiserweight division was incredible. Um, and then when he finally went to the WWE, it was a long road, but he eventually made his way to the WWE title, defeating Brock Lesnar, the old underdog story, which is always a favorite of mine and Jesse's. And it was probably one of the best stories in wrestling, lying, cheating, stealing and winning that gold. Yeah, it was fantastic. I thought the um, it didn't last long as well, but you know what led to that was the breakup of Los Guerreros with Eddie and Chavo, and um, I really enjoyed that as well. I think I've talked about it before at some point. Uh, the Royal Rumble match Eddie and Chavo had at Royal Rumble 2004 when um, Chavo's got Chavo Senior in his um, corner, um, or Chavo Classic, and um, Eddie wrestles a completely straight match and doesn't even hit him with a closed fist, just beats him in a straight wrestling match. 
just to prove he can. And then after he's won that, he then goes mental and makes Chavo bleed and completely fucks him up. It's great. So beautiful. And then Chavo has gone on to wrestle at like Lucha Underground because uh, Chavo Senior was working as like producer and trainer there. And like Chavo has been doing loads of training stuff. I think he even did work on fighting with my family. I don't know if that's hundred percent correct, but it sounds right okay. In my head. Um, he um, he trained um, the girls in Glow. Yes, that's another thing as well. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Probably mm. Glow, which is a fantastic TV show. It is. I'm looking forward to the next season of that. That should be um, imminent, shouldn't it? It should be. But yeah, the Guerreros, absolutely fantastic family. Mainly Freddy, but you can't deny what the rest of the family bought to uh, to the business as well. Yes, for, uh, Eddie had that. Um, again, we've talked about it before. Eddie was always a great performer, but he was very lucky that um, in the sort of early 2000s, um, when his body was starting to fail him, he suddenly found this incredible personality. So, you know, it's tragic that he died, but if he hadn't, he that's that's his longevity you know like he after he'd stopped putting on the incredible matches of the 90s he could cut these incredible promos that he couldn't do in the 90s it was great yeah completely completely my friend absolutely um before we move on um i've just found something about sleeping beauty that <laughs> i'd like to read to you <laughs> this, is, this is already my favorite episode <laughs> Um, so um, I'm, I'm gonna, I might have to read this verbatim because I can't really um, find a way to um, find a way to shorten it. But it's uh, it's from um, an article in the Telegraph. But this is something from um, Sleeping Beauty. Um, so Sleeping Beauty, did you know, was written by a guy called um, Guillaume Basita Basile, and um, I, it doesn't say what country he's from. But the name of his book is Fairy Tale Book, um, which <laughs> means um the name of it was um tales tale of tales but do you know what tale of tales is in this man's native tongue no canto della canti wow i right? just found the name of this episode canto della canti in Neop- neapolitan is the name of his language i'm not sure what that is um but there we go um so We're not very cultured here on got till five no, so- sorry <laughs> sorry any neapolitans listening um, ice cream. It is an ice cream. I know. I think your city's underwater or something. Um, the um, <laughs> so um, she um, sleeping. She gets a bit of flax under her fingernail, which sends her to sleep. That's how Sleeping Beauty originally went to sleep, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a king stumbles upon her and finds her so irresistible he ravishes her, despite her death-like slumber. Nine months later, she gives birth to twins while still asleep and only wakes up when one of these, while searching for a nipple, sucks on her finger to remove the flax. You can't be serious. <laughs> That's the original Sleeping Beauty story. Rapey necrophilia. I know. I mean, not, not technically necrophilia. It's sort of, it's extreme date rape. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realise there were levels to date rape. I'm not excusing the necrophiliacs who are listening. It was only a mild date rape it's fine <laughs> but uh yeah so uh, that's that's what happened to sleeping beauty which uh, yeah so she had twins whilst asleep by a rapey king yeah wow there we go i don't disappoint do i you asked you, you asked for facts so that's what i gave you you nailed it like the takeaway <laughs> from this episode we're trying to like educate people on the lineage and history of wrestling all anyone's going to be able to talk about is uh, remember sleeping beauty got raped and then her twin sucked on her finger and woke her up <laughs> No one talks about that. So someone who um, listened to our show for the first time last week um, said to me um, that, said, oh, you and Max great. You've got great chemistry. Uh, you should um, you should present children's television together. Like, you've got such high energy. You should do children's TV. And I was like, no. Like, I <laughs> just based on, like, the content of this. It's like, we wouldn't be able to stop ourselves saying something horrendous at some point. <laughs> Why did they think we'd be suitable for kids' shows? I think they, they, they sort of hear the energy without hearing the content. Do you know what uh, I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's, like, it's like white noise, what we talk about to most people. Exactly. We're like, we're like Ant and Deck if Ant and Deck were really into necrophilia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really hoping like people don't like just skip through this episode listening for bits and then they just stop at that. We're like Ant and Deck, <laughs> but really into necrophilia. Oh, please do your number two. Please, Sorry. please. Um, well, it's, it's, it is my number two, isn't it? Um, yes. Or the number two. Um, the number two. Officially. The number two. So I'm going, um, sort of a bit of a cheat, I think, maybe. I don't know. But um, there's 
Well, there's only two of them, so it's um, I'm I'm saying it's the Flair family. It's the Nature Boy Ric Flair and his lovely daughter Charlotte, mm. and David, <laughs> and um, Reed as well wrestled for a bit. Um, that's another tragedy. Um, but um, as far as Charlotte and Rick, you've got just I find it incredible that you've got these two wrestlers in Ric Flair and Charlotte Flair that are just the best at what they do but what they do is very different it's not like it's running the family because rick flair by his own omission was never the most athletic dude in the world no. he was just an incredible psychologist he could tell a great story in a ring he knew how to get a rise out of the audience he knew how to pace things properly whereas charlotte um has developed a lot of those things and she's brilliant at them but her main thing is just the pure athleticism right like the crazy stuff that she can do which is is nothing like what rick was all about and i just love that these two you know a father and daughter have become these big stars by looking at completely different aspects of the business and utilizing them incredibly yeah i completely agree with that i i didn't even i don't know why i didn't even factor them into the family discussion but but you're 100 percent right yeah, and also, um, it's in my bedroom, I haven't opened it yet, but um, they've written a book together, and um, it's supposed to be very good, I'm looking forward to reading that. I loved Ric Flair's autobiography, I thought that was great. Does he just, like, when Charlotte's talking, he just gets up and walks away? It's just... <laughs> it's just... So, um, every 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 section of, of Charlotte, there's just a massive woo that's written over the top of everything she's, <laughs> uh, she's written. <laughs> and scotch stains on the paper. Oh, I, I love... I don't love, but like the hate that Charlotte gets at the moment is just ridiculous. She's so goddamn talented as a wrestler and so enjoyable oh, she's, to but watch. But she's only, but she's only getting hate because um, I mean, actually, I don't know. Uh, so she's the position she's in now is the same position that Shawn Michaels was in um, uh, in the lead up to WrestleMania twenty, right? Yeah. With Chris Benoit and Triple H, and I'm I was too much of a mark when I was watching wrestling back then to really know what the internet or whatever opinion was of Shawn Michaels muscling into that match. Have you any idea? Did people hate on Shawn Michaels? For no, no idea, but I can imagine they would because we saw Shawn Michaels and Triple H how many times and we mm. finally get Chris Benoit in the main event and oh, Shawn's in it again. Who? Yeah, and Benoit was absolutely an internet favourite back then, you know, sort of a sparky favourite. And yeah, I can imagine that they hated it. And so it's the same thing with Charlotte now, I suppose, but that's not, that's not Charlotte's fault. This, you know, it doesn't take anything away from how incredibly talented she is. No, it's... I love wrestling fandom, especially, like, over this WrestleMania. The whole the whole Ronda, Becky, and Charlotte things. I know we don't talk about current stuff, but this will be timeless because it, it's just bullshit. The way that, like, fans... Oh, I'm so smart, I'm so intelligent about wrestling. But then M- Mr. McMahon will come out and he'll put Charlotte in the match and they'll be like, what the fuck are they doing? Why would they do that? And they just get worked so quickly and get so why why would they take becky out and like genuine concern that becky's not going to be in the main event of wrestlemania i know it's ridiculous it's like um it was the same thing with daniel bryan at 30 wasn't it it was like oh what is such bullshit like he, he's gonna fight triple h before just getting the minute like they're gonna screw him. it's like no you're just getting two daniel bryan matches at wrestlemania and that's awesome like yeah. idiots <laughs> idiots <all right. laughs> no one's easier to work than the people who think that they're smart fans that is very true very true um and yeah charlotte's ridiculously talented and so enjoyable to watch and she should be healed forever baby yeah. face charlotte just doesn't work yeah and shout out to reed and david Dave, uh, <laughs> if we're talking about the flair family um reed um was by all accounts um very passionate about wrestling and um very good at it and charlotte's got a record as sort of saying she almost she wasn't into wrestling when she was a kid she's almost sort of just picked up the torch for her late brother and um that's mad and she's not she i hope you know for her own sanity that she's fallen in love with the business now because she's fucking good at it um but yeah it was all for reed and um, apparently he was um, he was good you know for his level and david obviously wasn't but he got to um <laughs> he got to get off with tory wilson so he still wins so you know every uh, well i was about to say every flair's a winner but i'm gonna take that sentence back yes <laughs> I don't. Right. I don't even know if I'd describe Rick as a winner, really. When all things considered, he's yeah. I love him, like more than almost anyone. But yeah, I wouldn't. Describe, doesn't hurt at all. I wouldn't describe him as a winner. 
<laughs> Space oh. Mountain Baby. I mean, I imagine he's in horrendous debt. Oh, yeah. But who cares? He's going to be dead soon. Yeah, fair logic. I like that. I like that. It's the uh, same with the country. Let's get political. So I was... Um, let's, let's do it all. Let's do it. So I was thinking of, about it. I was having a conversation with someone about it, actually. And they said, the only argument, whenever you talk about, like, why can't we um, pay for, like, the homeless? Or why can't we um, make schools better and stuff? And it's like, oh, where's the money going to come from? Where's the money going to come from? And it's like, who gives a fuck? Let's just get more in debt as a country. Who gives a shit? Like, France is bankrupt as a country, right? But their standard of living is much nicer than ours because they don't give a shit. They'll just keep going more and more into debt and they're paying for the stuff that matters. Who cares if a country's in debt? Who gives a fuck if the country hasn't got much money as long as everyone's happy and living a nice life? Do you know what I mean? No. It's such a stupid argument. I'm no big city lawyer or nothing, but surely there's something to do with like the world economy balance and that could just tank it and destroy everything that capitalism holds dear not that what? like capitalism staying around is a good thing but who knows that's right sometimes i'm so um i'm so left without doing any research i just <laughs> i just like agree agree with like the most left thinking thing um the um Another example of that, um, I support a football team called West Bromwich Albion. They sacked their manager a couple of weeks ago, and I was livid about the fact they've sacked their manager. And the more I think about it, the more I've realised I'm just annoyed about it because he was a black man. And having a, I was proud that I had a forward-thinking football team that had a black manager because not many football teams do have black managers, and I liked being a supporter of a team that embraced that it made me feel proud so even though he wasn't necessarily doing the best job he could i was still annoyed that he got sacked just because he was black that's that's very nice of you jesse it is nice of me but that, that's what i mean it's like i'm sort of i just take the liberal view without really looking any further than that <laughs> which is what i might be doing with this debt thing but fuck it i want everyone to live happy lives who cares yeah. about money no i i do the same like i can't talk i used to work for the goddamn green party so it, it's like because destroy the economy as much as possible um but i was having this conversation today with uh with a friend at work and he is very much the how did he describe it the left side of karl marx for his, for his right. approach to politics yeah uh, very anarchic which i always appreciate in a person um and he asked me what what my views were and i was like i'm just just one of those lefty liberal snowflakes who just wants the best for everyone really yeah it's very strange. It's very strange being a lefty football fan. You know, there's not many of us out there. It's uh, a very odd um, thing to experience, especially when you go to watch it. And that. But... Well, you always go to like the the West Brom like Pride meetups, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I try and find the like lefty stuff within um, within football, and there's some of it out there. But it's um, it's almost like a war within a battle within a war, if you know what I mean. Yeah, completely, completely. Ah, well, people know our religious stance, our political stance. Uh, anything else you want to cover this evening? Um, I should have got... No, um, we've covered fairy tales as well. That's pretty good. Lovely. Well, let's get we've on to number one then. <laughs> How long has this been? 42 minutes. Fucking That's pretty good. We've covered, yeah. we covered more content than we do in like three hours. <laughs> it's true, actually. <laughs> and we're at number one. So... I. The problem with these like short form episodes, and I feel like the same thing happened in our last episode where you and me just talked, which everyone loved, by the way. They were just like, don't give a shit about the wrestling. Um, <laughs> yeah. We've just been ignoring the wrestling side of it. It's very much a, a small paragraph compared to the novels that we speak. This is just, yeah, this is just the Max and Jesse show featuring wrestling, isn't it, really? It's now, got, to this point. Point. <laughs> it's got to that point. We're kind of done with wrestling. It's just a pepper. Um, but at number one, because we do have to get moving now, at number one is... fucking hell never been a talk show host ever Uh, number one there's no denying who the best most successful wrestling family is and that is the Hart family would you agree? I I would agree Um, yeah okay uh, right fine go on (laughs) no go on argue with me fight me well what counts as success like uh, Bret Hart was a success no, none, none of the rest of them were really successful in that main break in the mainstream way. Still just one man. No, I, I, I disagree with that. And I'll tell you why in a little bit. 
So, um, Stu Hart established a Stampede Wrestling Canada. Still known today. People know the name Stu Hart. They know the name Lovely Clinton. man. Absolute delight of a human being. <laughs> you know, putting bears under the porch and midgets running around the house that the boys could beat up and wrestle. Have you ever seen the man interviewed? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a <laughs> well, interesting, Stu. So, 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 what's your stance on uh, on, on on the far left agenda? Well, uh, I should have some discipline. Interesting, interesting, interesting. We'll come back to you later. Thank you, Stu. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we established Stampy Wrestling, which is obviously very famous in Canada and, you know, around the world. He, Stu and Helen Hart had 12 children, fucking Poor rabbits. Woman. Yeah. Know, the woman doesn't even like wrestling. <laughs> she hates wrestling. She's just like this New Yorker that hates wrestling. You watch her in um, Wrestling With Shadows. And she's like, I fucking hate wrestling. <laughs> and like, Stu's just sitting there all hunched up and she's like, they're my whole family are pricks. <laughs> Because every single one of the boys became wrestlers, and every single one of the girls married wrestlers. What did that poor woman do in a past life? Oh, man. I know. Yeah, it's it's horrendous. Uh, Jesse's right. Brett was obviously the most successful. He's a five-time WF World Champion, Intercontinental Tag Titles. He's like, everyone knows Brett Hart. He's a household name. Owen Hart, I would argue, to not necessarily the same degree, obviously, but, you know, people know Owen Hart. He was... He yeah, probably. but what's the first, well, why do people know Owen Harm? What's the Be- first thing they think of? Okay, for like non-wrestling fans, he fell 80 foot and snapped his neck on a rope. Yeah. But... And nearly had a midget attached to him. Good God. That was that nearly happened. They were going to have a mini blue blazer attached to him. Um, a dwarf dressed up as the blue blazer for extra comic value. And then at the last minute um, decided not to. So we could have had two deaths that night. Well, I don't mean to be insensitive, but like the reason... Owen died was because he kind of hit the the rope and the corner. Do you think? And I'm just theorizing here. I'm not <laughs> saying it should have happened, but if he had a midget attached to him, would there be a different story? I suppose there's there's a I suppose there's a possibility of that. And before I give an answer on how I feel about that, I will have to look into what this dwarf has done with his life since. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so. As I mentioned, all the girls in the family... He might have cured AIDS. Do you know what I mean? That's all (laughs) I'm saying. And if he has, if he has. Although if a dwarf had cured AIDS, I feel like I would have heard about that. I'm in those sort of circles. (laughs) (laughs) I would have got a telegram. (laughs) Minimum. Minimum. (laughs) So the girls in the family married wrestlers, as I said. You had Jim the Anvil, Neidhart, British Bulldog, David Boy Smith. Um, And I think those are two massive names as well. Like even people outside of wrestling know who David Boy Smith is. Yeah, that's true. I never cons- I never think of him as part of the Hart family, to be honest. Yeah, because... You, you could even argue that Dynamite Kid at one time was part of the Hart family. Yeah, I always do. I put Dynamite Kid in there, and you've got, like, Teddy Hart, D.H. Smith, Natalia. It's a fucking huge family where yeah, you kind of spread it out. Yeah. Uh, it's the most famous Canadian family, um, and their home has been designated a historical landmark by the Canadian government. It has white... I, I've no idea who owns it, right? Because the Hart house um, isn't occupied by Harts anymore. Um, turn it into a museum, man. How cool How cool would it be to go to the Hart House and mm-hmm. see, like, Hart memorabilia and go into the dungeon and stuff? My, it's Yeah, I would love that. And it's even so much yeah, of... Yeah, money spinner. My my parents went to... They were in Calgary at the time when, when they were leaving Canada. And even they went to the Hart House because they oh, just really? knew from me talking about it that they went and looked at it and saw it. And That's I was awesome. like, yeah, influence, right? And, you know, Stu Hart, as much as... Uh, a guy that he was um the name Hart because of him is synonymous with professional wrestling not only did he train all of his sons you had people like the dungeon produced Jericho Christian Mark Henry just great Benoit. names Benoit couldn't have couldn't have let that one go <laughs> so for my money and I'm not speaking on behalf of Jesse but it's my number one so I get to decide that the greatest wrestling dynasty greatest wrestling family is the Hart family Fine. And one of my favourite NXT women's matches represented my number two and your number one. Do you remember the Charlotte and Natalia match? Yeah, I was with about Rick, to say. Rick and Brett in their corners. 
I'm just not doing anything. Um, yeah, I was thinking that when you said your number two, I was like, oh, this is going to be nice. This is yeah. going to be nice. But nice that's, uh... And it was Bret Hart that uh, it was Bret Hart that was on Ric Flair's podcast when Ric Flair just left at the end. Yes, walked out, <laughs> and not only just walked out when Bret was talking, but when Bret was like burying the hatchet and confessing his love for him. Yeah, saying what how he's so glad that they're friends and good um, and good buddies now. And then you just hear Rick just go, "Yeah, hang on," and then he just leaves. You hear the door. And then you hear the door creak, yeah. And then there's like an awkward silence when Brett's finished his little speech and Conrad is there on his own. And he's like, okay, thanks, Brett. Uh, I had the opportunity to, to see Brett in, in a like Q&A environment where he told stories and stuff. And unfortunately, they had to cut it off just before my question. But my question was, do you know Rick left? That's <laughs> all I would have said to him. It's all I wanted to know. That would I'm glad it didn't get to it because I think that would have pushed Brett over the edge. He cried like three times that night. It was a very yeah. difficult evening, but beautiful evening. Anyway, over over the edge wasn't a pun, by the way. <laughs> you had to get one more in. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, we've covered a lot of ground this evening. If we offended anyone with anything we said, you know what you're listening to at this point. And uh, thank you for. We've got in. A, so go on gottillfive.com. Um, I noticed this the other day. If you go to the bottom of the home page, there's a tell us your thoughts, and you just put in your name and type in a little message or whatever. So if we've offended you or if you've liked it, type something in and we'll read it and address it. Yeah, we'll read it, laugh at it, and move on. Yeah, but we yeah, but no, we'll definitely address it on air, wouldn't we? No matter what it says, even if oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. Gottillfive.com. Send your love. And uh, it's been a joy, Jesse. I, I like these short form episodes where we're quick and punchy. It's fast. Yeah, me and too, actually. It's good, isn't it? I'll be honest with you. Um, I didn't feel much up to this because I've had a long day. I was tired. Same um, And yeah, and, uh, and then I come up here and see that you've sort of put everything together with duct tape. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> what's happening here? But it's been nice. It's been fun. It has been. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Please uh, subscribe if you haven't already. Leave the five-star reviews and that kind of stuff. As Jesse said, and, and write some it as well. Five-star reviews are lovely, but if you write some it with the five-star review, it does better in podcast land, I've been told. Exactly. So we hope you guys enjoy your next two weeks. Whatever you do, stay out of trouble. We'll be back with a long-form episode and maybe a guest. We'll see what happens. Anything to add, Jesse? Any musings to, to leave the listeners on? And I apologise if I've punctuated any words in uh, strange times. I feel like you might have killed our podcast by pointing that out to people. Cause everyone's like that gonna glass shattering moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's going to hear it now and uh, be just depressed. I think it's literally me when I'm editing that I see and it just drives me a little bit crazy. But uh, Is it because you literally see the waves on the screen and yeah. you're like, oh, that's weird. It's awful. And uh, <laughs> thank you to, to Stu Hart as well. It was lovely to have you here. <laughs> Until next time, we've been got till five. Bye-bye now.